Let us pray. Your word is a lamp to our feet, O God, and a light to our path. So allow us to hear your word now and to be enlightened and guided. Amen. Friends, a reading from the Old Testament, from the Hebrew Scripture, from the book of the prophet Isaiah, the first eight verses of the 56th chapter. Let us hear God's word. Thus says the Lord, maintain justice and do what is right. For soon my salvation will come and my deliverance be revealed. Happy is the mortal who does this, the one who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath, not profaning it, and refrains from doing any evil. Do not let the foreigner join to the Lord say, the Lord will surely separate me from his people. And do not let the eunuch say, I am just a dry tree. For thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose the things that please me and hold fast my covenant, I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. And the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants, all who keep the Sabbath and do not profane it and hold fast my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. Thus says the Lord God, who gathers the outcasts of Israel, I will gather others to them besides those already gathered. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, as Lynette has already said, it is our great pleasure to welcome members of the congregation of Temple Birth Kodesh. We are always blessed when you are in this place, and we welcome you in a special way this morning. And we hope you'll join us for coffee hour downstairs or for conversation following worship today as we continue to build our important and very timely relationship. But it's an extra honor for me to introduce my friend and colleague, our friend and colleague, the senior rabbi at Temple Birth Kodesh, Rabbi Peter Stein. It seems hard to believe that not quite three years ago, Rabbi Stein arrived in Brighton and in Rochester in our community and at Temple Birth Kodesh because he already has become a fixture in that place and in our broader community and has already become a close and dear friend to me in many ways. You know this, but let me say it anyway. What a terrific leader he has become in our broader community on issues of interfaith relations, on issues of interfaith connections, social justice. He's been a fine, fine leader for that congregation, and we're grateful for that leadership. A wonderful teacher and speaker and leader, simply by his presence in so many places in our community, we have been enriched and blessed and nurtured. 
So we're grateful for his presence here with us this morning, and I, on a personal level, am grateful as well. Peter and I already have built a strong and meaningful connection, and I look forward to ways that that continues to blossom and develop as we move ahead in our mutual service to our congregations and to this broader community. So Rabbi Peter Stein, we are indeed grateful for your presence today, and we welcome you to the Third Church Pulpit. Good morning, everyone. John, thank you so much for the wonderful introduction. Whenever I hear such words, I always wish that I hadn't brought my mother along to hear them. (laughs) So earlier when the children were assembled, Reverend Wilkinson reflected for a moment on his own seminary studies. And so I will indulge in a moment of reminiscence as well My rabbinical studies, as with virtually all of my colleagues, began in residence in Jerusalem, which is a remarkable city in so many respects, and the fundamental core of those studies was in the Hebrew language. And as John reflected on Psalm 133, the words of a vision of togetherness, I think in particular of two words that have, I think, a nuance in the Hebrew. The first is the word that we recited this morning as kindred, and that is the word achim in the Hebrew. Now, achim in its most literal sense means brothers, or certainly brothers and sisters. And it is, I think, urging us to cultivate a mindset, a mindset that those that we meet in the course of life, that we approach them as brothers and sisters. We approach them not as someone to keep at a distance, but we embrace them and draw them in as those with whom we have a special connection. And so it is an attitude, I think, for us to adopt that when we aspire to build community, we do so by treating others as achim, as brothers, as sisters, as family. The other word, just a bit further into the verse at the beginning of the psalm, says that we should be together, and it says shevet Achim gam yachad. We should sit together. What does it mean to sit together? Well, it's not an email. It's not a text message. It means really, truly coming together, sitting together, listening to one another, spending meaningful time together. It's not something that can be accomplished virtually, and it's not something that can be accomplished casually. And so, as we did on Friday night and as we did together this morning, rooting our worship, rooting this sacred gathering in the words of Psalm 133, it gives us a mandate, it gives us an important charge to treat one another as brothers and sisters, and to really, truly carve out the space and the time to sit together. 
to be together, to learn from one another, to understand one another's distinctive elements and differences, to really, truly celebrate being together, not to be homogenous, but to be unique and bringing our uniqueness together. I feel blessed each year to visit this beautiful church. Beautiful not only because of this grand sanctuary, but because of the people that assemble here and the relationships that are forged through the activities here. And the truth is that this is not a once a year visit. As John mentioned, we enjoy meaningful and supportive dialogue special time together with one another and with other leaders and members of Third Church and Temple B'rith Kodesh throughout the year. Because of the ongoing nature of our relationship, I want to take a different approach to my remarks this morning. Rather than simply offer a reflection on a biblical passage and a charge to consider, I would like to take a less formal approach this morning. As John and I have discussed on numerous occasions over the past months, there is an urgent need for us to nurture sustained and deeply personal relationships between all segments of our community. There is an urgency for us to connect in ways that will enable us to make meaningful and effective responses to the challenges we face in 2017 and beyond. Dr. Ron Wolfson wrote a beautiful piece several years ago. He entitled it, The Sacred Fountain of Relationships. The Sacred Fountain of Relationships. He shares a memory in that piece, and he says, A number of years ago, I was celebrating the Sabbath dinner with good friends who had just returned from Israel with the most wonderful souvenir. It was a Kiddush fountain. So John mentioned his Hebrew studies just a moment of Hebrew. Kiddush, Kiddush, is the word for holiness, but is also the word for the prayer that we recite each Friday evening to consecrate the Sabbath day. We use wine as a symbol and we make the blessing called Kiddush. The three-letter root means sacred, separated for a special purpose. So Dr. Wolfson reflects on this Kiddush fountain. The silver device stood about 10 inches high and featured two tiers. On the top tier was a single large Kiddush cup. On the bottom tier, eight small Kiddush cups sat in a circle, 
each one positioned just below a spout. When it came time to recite the Kiddush prayer, the host filled the large Kiddush cup with wine and with quite the flourish, poured it into a hole at the top of the fountain. Within seconds, the wine was distributed simultaneously to the eight small Kiddush cups on the bottom tier, much to the delight of everyone at the table. When the wine finished its journey through the fountain, the host handed each of the guests a cup over which we together sang the prayer praising God and sanctifying the Sabbath day. It was, he writes, both a communal and an individual experience, filled with surprise and joy, creating a memorable moment of Jewish celebration, not just of the Sabbath, but of the relationships around the table. I happen to have one of these Kiddush fountains, and Dr. Wolfson is right. It is always a special way to prepare to recite the required blessing. It brings us together in a wonderful and meaningful way. Today, together, I want to use different images from this ritual object to ask questions that we can consider together. First, the large cup at the top. What do we fill it with to nourish ourselves? Where do we find spiritual sustenance? What are the special gifts we have to give? What are the ways that we can study and worship and take action together, Temple B'rith Kodesh and Third Presbyterian Church, so that we are prepared to respond to the urgent needs in our city? Of course, on the Sabbath, the cup is filled with sweet wine. There is a sweetness to our historic relationship. I hope, though, that we create opportunities for more than just celebration, that we challenge ourselves to identify the unique gifts that we as women and men of faith can bring to the greater community. Second, the channels that distribute the wine to the waiting cups. Let us, in the coming months, create the avenues that will allow us to spread out from these pews and the pews on Elmwood Avenue and find our way to the overlooked corners of our community. I am so pleased that TBK has entered into the RAIN program as a partner and support to the extraordinary team that serves here at the church. It is one example of what we can do together. We can impact on the lives of our neighbors in countless ways if we figure out the most effective ways to get from here to there, to share what is in our cup with those whose cups 
are empty or exposed. The third piece may be the most perplexing. In the Kiddush fountain, the small cups are all assembled, waiting to receive the wine. For us, and I know almost universally throughout religious communities, we face the challenge of how to draw people in, how to entice people to come and engage with us. I don't have the answer other than to remember the old advice. God created us with two ears and one mouth so that we will listen twice as much as we speak. We need to listen carefully to those who are not engaged. What are their needs? What are their desires? What will attract them and what will turn them away? This isn't just about the elusive next generation. It is about every prospective person who might be an asset in achieving our lofty goals. At the temple in the three years since I began my tenure, I've tried to focus repeatedly on three things. We need to create an atmosphere that is joyful, inclusive, and accessible. When we do so, we will draw in those of all generations of different backgrounds and identities and prepare to do the hard work of building a community that makes a difference. In our Jewish calendar, we are in a special season. The weeks between the two spring festivals of Passover and Shavuot the Feast of Weeks. These weeks between the festivals are known as the Omer, and we make a blessing and count each passing day. Historically, it marks the passage of the Israelites from Egypt to Mount Sinai, leaving Egypt, of course, on the first day of Passover, passing through the parted sea on the seventh day of Passover, and then six more weeks later, arriving at Mount Sinai. And we remember that journey at this season, observing Passover, counting the days during the Omer, and then celebrating the festival of weeks of Shavuot. Today is the 12th day in this 50-day period. In a book of meditations I use to elevate my spirit as I make the daily count, I found this beautiful reflection for today. We studied it together earlier this morning, and I share it with all of you as I conclude my remarks. And I thank you for the opportunities that lie ahead to build community together. There is a quiet, delicate whisper that flutters in the center of our being. It is not the voice of reason or the voice of our parents telling us what to do. 
It is not the voice of the intellect or the voice of emotion. It is a gentle whisper, an intuitive push, a yearning, a vision. Sometimes we pretend not to hear. Sometimes we try to listen, but it is hard to discern from the other chatter. And sometimes we simply try to silence it. But it will not be silenced. It is the voice of your spirit that whispers messages of divine guidance. It is trying to lead you to a life that has meaning and purpose that is joyful. And the reason it is hard to hear and easy to ignore is because we have been taught our entire life, indeed for centuries now, not to heed that which is not rational, not conventional, not sane, not ordinary, not profitable. But if ignored or muzzled, God simply gets louder and louder until we must pay attention. We don't want God yelling a divine plan. Together, may we be blessed to understand the divine plan that will lead us to a world of justice, equality, and peace. Amen.